Hey guys, welcome back to the Colorful Plates podcast, your weekly source for what's happening in the produce and food service worlds. We're on to part two of our six-part culinary summit interview series. This week's interview features chef Sally Camacho, partner and executive pastry chef for Tess Restaurant in LA. Sally is an accomplished chef, having taught baking and pastry at CIA Greystone, working for Ritz-Carlton Hotels, Four Seasons Hotels and Resorts, and much more. She was also named in America's Top 10 Pastry Chefs in 2012. Needless to say, she really knows her stuff, and I had the privilege of sitting down with her at the Culinary Summit, as she was there with Sunkiss, showcasing their citrus in multiple ways. Before we get to Sally, let's cover our market reports. Berries are finally in a decent spot after battling a few tough weeks of heat here in the California growing regions. Blackberry supplies remain very limited, though, primarily coming out of Mexico. Hopefully this market will recover this week. Limit use where you can on blackberries. But for blueberries, raspberries, and strawberries, they're all looking better than blackberries right now. Blues are coming out of Peru, Mexico, and Uruguay, and quality has been very good on them so far. Razzes continue to be harvested in greater numbers out of Mexico with good quality. Lastly, strawberries were struggling for a while due to the heat, but the Salinas and Watsonville, California growing areas have been experiencing cooler nights lately, helping the fruit firm up and avoid the bruising it was battling in weeks prior. All in all, berries are in a good spot right now. Broccoli and cauliflower continue to struggle. Broccoli supplies cannot keep up with demand as lower yields and slower growth has decreased supplies. Similar situation with cauliflower as their supplies are also extremely short due to lack of growth paired with bad quality, which is making for a tough situation. These markets will continue to be active, so sub where possible. Oh, lettuce. Lettuce supplies on iceberg and leaf remain sparse, with demand exceeds situations being the case for both. Industry-wide, yields have suffered due to excessive warm temps in the past month or so. Yuma is on the horizon, though, and they are expected to begin harvesting in early November on most leaf items and iceberg. On the other hand, tender leaf varieties continue to stay steady, with pre-cut product, tender leaf, and green leaf being the best value for lettuce right now. Lastly, citrus, in particular limes, have had a tough month. Supplies on limes, specifically larger sizes, are limited and will be throughout October. Supplies on smaller sizes have increased, and quality is fair across the board. For lemons, larger sizes are also snug, with smaller sizes improving weekly, but good quality overall. Lastly, demand for Valencia oranges continues to be strong, but with fair quality. This market will continue to be firm until the transition to California navels occurs, beginning at the end of the month. Specialty citrus, particularly California grapefruit, is improving, and California mandarins have started this week, so keep an eye out for them. Just a quick note to wrap up market reports is that it's that time of year again. Oh yeah, it's transition. The movement of major growing areas from California as far south as Yuma, Arizona is underway and will continue throughout November. During this time, crops are more susceptible to disruptions in supply and quality. We'll be sure to let you know of any commodities that may be affected by this move. That's all we have for market reports this week. Let's move right into my interview with Chef Sally, part two of our Culinary Summit series. I gotta say, Sally's energy was contagious, and really her eyes would light up at almost everything we discussed. She was just fantastic to chat with, and I can't wait for y'all to hear, so let's get to it. So we're sitting down with Sally at 
Proax Culinary Summit. Sally, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, thank you. I know we're nearing the end of our expo, so you've been over there doing some wonderful things, and you're here with Sunkiss. Yes. Um, so tell me a little bit about that partnership with Sunkiss and kind of what you've been showcasing today. So, well, we do use a lot of Sunkiss also at the restaurant, so um, I've... I worked on to intricate a lot of, well, basically just citrus and how I can showcase their citrus in one like star kind of ingredient. So Mm -hmm. what I decided to make is a lemon chiffon with a fresh lemon curd. And then inside will be fresh citrus, grapefruit, um, oranges. And then I made chips with oranges and lemons. And then I did meringue to garnish the cake as well. So meringues with some citrus zest, fresh citrus zest. So orange and lemon zest as well. And then I decorated the outside of the cake with meringue and buttercream, a white chocolate buttercream. Um, And then more slices of fresh citrus, very thin and just kind of like draping over the cake and just make the whole thing all about citrus, citrus. Citrus, citrus, citrus. Citrus, citrus. So it's it's like (laughs) a little, you know, um, there was a gentleman who puckered and I actually really liked that because I was like, when you make something that's lemon, it should taste lemon. Like lemon. It should taste like lemon. Right. So I was like, yeah, that's your immunity boost for the day. That's, that's your fantastic. vitamin C. Yeah, you're getting your vitamin C. <laughs> yeah. So what led you to becoming a chef? Oh, gosh. I think I there was nothing else in this world that I imagined myself doing as a career. I started cooking when I was eight. Oh, my gosh. started in the kitchen with my mom just cooking, actually baking more so. Um, then I knew I wanted to become a chef when I was 12. It seems to be like a shared sentiment that everyone kind of started in the kitchen with their mom yeah. or their grandma. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, at 12, you knew you wanted to become a chef. I knew I wanted to become a chef for a career, yeah. And what kind of cuisine kind of inspired you um, in the kitchen growing up? Uh, definitely uh, French. Oh, for okay. sure. A French cuisine. I mean, that's that's kind of what I grew up watching. I mean, I was watching PBS, like, you know, Food Network really wasn't a thing back then. It was more like independent kind of documentary things. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I went to the library and rented VHS of like Julia Child and Jacques Pepin Mm -hmm. and watching them a lot. And their base, you know, their base is is French cuisine. Uh, But then I also uh, veer towards my own uh, Pacific Islander heritage. I'm Filipino. Oh, that's fantastic. So I love I love making things with Southeast Asian ingredients, but then with my French training. Yeah, yeah I, I love that you blend the two cultures, something yeah. that you're passionate about, but also your roots as well. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to working in the kitchen, what do you love most about it? Like what keeps you going? What keeps me going is the creativity and really the moments that you bring to people who do enjoy your food. Right. And I work for that yum factor for people coming back and remembering my food and just having that moment be intricate for happiness mm-hmm. <laughs> that small yeah. moment of happiness when someone is eating a good meal like that man puckering yeah. up today he, he's gonna remember he's that. gonna remember that yeah i love that creating yes. those memorable moments absolutely um and you told me earlier, um, off the record, that you have a restaurant down in L.A. Yes, yes. So I'm a tell partner. me a little bit about that. So I'm a partner in the restaurant called Tess in okay. West Hollywood, Ooh. and it's short for Delicatess. Um, and then my chef partner friend um, is Raphael Francois, and he's from Belgium and Corsica, so he's very, very French. So the term means it's the original word for charcuterie, so all of his 
base recipes and a lot of what he's doing is how he grew up. So he wants to bring it a very casual um, way and also a very approachable way of how he grew up eating French food because he's French too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some, you won't have your typical French onion soup, none of that there, but he does pride himself on making all the charcuterie, all the pâtés and all that stuff, just like how he grew up from his, you know, learning from his grandmother. And um, he just wants it to be very a casual setting, fun vibe, family style. Yeah. You know, sharing the bread, you know, ripping bread, grilled bread across the table yeah. with these big charcuterie boards that are like five feet long so that they, you know, reach across the table. So you have to talk to people if you want to get something. I know? would love to eat off of a yeah. charcuterie board that is as yeah. tall as me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we have <laughs> that. Sitting at 5'2", yes. I think you and yes. I, Sally, yes, are... Yes, we are. We're, we're charcuterie yes, boards. Yes, we are charcuterie boards. Yes, we are. <laughs> What's your favorite item on a charcuterie board? Oh, my gosh. I feel There's like that's a, a that, should be like a, that should be like an icebreaker question. Oh, my people. gosh. Oh, I don't know if I can choose a favorite, but I do love the one that we do at Tess, of course, is um, it's the fig and, and duck uh, pate. Ooh. Yeah. And I do also love a good piece of brazola mm. and copa. Copa is so I good. I love copa. Copa is so oh, good. Oh, it's so good. It's I, just that perfect mixture of fat and lean meat. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so nice over my homemade grilled bread. Yes. <laughs> I love a good charcuterie, cheese board, veggie board. Yes. You can put any board yes. in and front make, of me. We make all of our own um, uh, pickled vegetables that go on the board as well. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I love pickling. bread and, uh, and uh, he, he also does things with cheese. So he'll like do a different application with cheese so that that's part of the cheese board. So like, for instance, he puts truffles inside brie and then oh lets that age yeah that and then that's part of our cheese board. that sounds really good yeah. and rich yes and delicious and very very delicious yeah so what what fresh produce do you enjoy working with the most and why you're working with citrus here today yes i love working with anything really that's seasonal and I'm okay. so excited that I'm here with Sunkiss because we're just going to get in the season of citrus. So, and that's really, you know, being pastry, we always think about like, what are we going to do for the holidays? We mm-hmm. try to, we think ahead, you know, we're like a season ahead. So yeah. it's like we're planning already. So like I'm canning my citrus for the holidays now, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, so it's ready. And what kind of ready. citrus are you working with? Uh, grapefruit, orange, okay. and lemon. Okay. Yeah, so I like to candy all of them. Mm. That I like candied citrus. I feel like for some it's an acquired taste, but I think it's beautiful. I think it's beautiful with with things as well. So yeah. like for grapefruit, I like to candy them and then let them crystallize and drain so that they're really um, they're nice and kind of hard, sugary. They get that yeah. they get that that rind crystal, on yes. it, and then dip them in chocolate. Well, now yeah. you're speaking so, my yeah. language because anything <laughs> yes. dipped in chocolate like is pretty dang good. Yeah. So um, what? What are you going to do with those? Is that for your restaurant or is yep. that personal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we'll make them for our restaurant for the holidays. Mm-hmm. So I'm gearing towards that and building up for that also. I'm also going to be, I'm canning my own orange and lemon to make stolen for the holidays. Oh, what is, is a that? holiday bread. It is a German holiday bread for Christmas. Okay. Yeah, with um, rum-soaked fruit and citrus. That sounds delicious. When it comes out of the oven, right when it's hot piping from the oven, we dunk it in clarified butter and roll it in vanilla sugar. Oh, my goodness. Well, the holidays, you know, no one's really worried about the waistline. So bring on all the cake. Yes. Um, So what what is kind of your process when you are planning your menu and you're looking at these new recipes and 
thinking about the seasons? I definitely think about what is in season or what will come. Mm -hmm. So thinking ahead and then gearing towards like, well, when that thing is in season, what else do I have available? Like what else is going to be available? Right. And normally, you know, we always say what grows together goes together. Yes. So whether it's like, you know, some herbs that are also coming for that season. So I try to put at least maybe at least two or three different flavor profiles with one being the main um, in my dessert thinking. Yeah, absolutely. So are you kind of thinking like rosemary and lemon, those types yes, of combinations? Yes, I do. I do love, and I kind of maybe go a little bit opposite. I love lemon and thyme and Ooh, then rosemary okay. and orange. Rosemary and orange. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. And are you looking at kind of are you looking to do like new things all the time and always always gleaning inspiration always yeah it's like every day you've got to I always like to think of new stuff what turns my brain you know especially traveling traveling gives you a lot of inspiration Mm -hmm. um looking at different you know scenes and artwork like just when I was on the plane you know here I saw like a CD album cover which Mm -hmm. looked like a strawberry to me but it wasn't it was a heart so actually gave me a little bit of inspiration for like a strawberry dessert oh well I love (laughs) the way I want it to look yeah so um, I love that you know, it's also, I try to, I try to think about how I can make things that I know that are successful, um, in a different way. So mm-hmm. something a little bit with a twist or more creative, you know, it helps to also keep my staff very motivated. So yeah. when different things happen, they love that when I, when I come back from things and, and we just change stuff, you know, yeah. and it's, they, they like having their hand in different, different different techniques or different way to cook something or a different thing to pair with something. So yeah. it's also, you know, showing them that these things can be done. And if it doesn't sell, it doesn't sell. Then it's in our back pocket. We do something else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And how do you deal with those things that aren't necessarily successful? Do you go back to the drawing board and kind of try and revamp? Or? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Once, you know, I can I can put my heart and soul. And it, it's, it's completely, it happens all the time. I put my heart and soul into like, you know, an item or a dessert and then you put it and you're proud and you put it in the window or you put it on the menu and then it doesn't sell. And you're just like, okay, take well, that Well, I off. like it. Go next. I'm going to cook this at home now. <laughs> I'm going to make this somewhere else <laughs> at my house, maybe. <laughs> but yeah. then you go back to the drawing board yeah. and perfection's never achieved. I was talking no. to another chef and I was like, when do you know if a recipe is finished? And they were like, you just don't. Yeah, you don't. You know, it kind of, it it evolves, I feel. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, everything, like I can look at recipes and desserts and compose things that I've done, you know, 20 years ago in my life. And I can see how it's, how it has evolved and turned into something else today. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, you know, it's just like people. We become something different over time. Um, I love that. Hopefully it's more beautiful than before. Like everything in the world evolves. Yes. I mean, plants, animals, to. everything. You got to evolve with the yeah. times. Absolutely. And, and thinking about evolving, how do you see the culinary world evolving right now um, as as a restaurant owner and a chef? Oh, gosh. It's quick evolving, especially being from Los Angeles. There's a lot of things popping up and opening. Also, as well as the way that people dine, you know, versus getting to a place to eat you know so it's like I think people are being a little bit more creative which I guess is good but you know everybody's got to change with the time so it's like I feel like you're I playing think a lot of up. a lot of I think people want more of that ungettable 
and an experience. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting, and it's veering towards a lot of delivery service. Okay, which isn't bad, but it's different. It's quick. I've re- it's quick. Some people it's different. Want to stay home, or a lot of people want to stay home because they don't want to deal with the traffic, which mm-hmm. is horrible in Los Angeles. <laughs> I've been there. I've I seen mean, it firsthand. Man, going like three miles can take forty-five minutes. Mm-hmm. You gotta walk. You know, right? Just, just walk. But you know, and now they got these 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 um. What do you call them? The birds? Like the the lime scooters? Yeah, the scooters and the birds and stuff. So I guess, you know, that's another option for people to get around. But it's it's interesting. It's, um, I think people will go with what is convenient and close to them in Los Angeles, I do believe. Because, I mean, I'll say for my husband and I, I mean, we don't like to go far. Mm -hmm. And far is like eight miles. Right. You know, because that that can take up to like an hour, an hour and a half, if you, depending where you're at. So right. It's very interesting how people dine, what their proximity is, where they will go to get something that is satiating or that they mm-hmm. feel like, you know, eating or spending time with friends, things like that. You know, a lot of times uh, my friends and I, we just get together and we have we cook and make dinner at each other's houses lately. It must be um, nice to be friends with you. Uh, and I bet you make some really bomb food for your friends. I cook up a storm and I'm used I cook for twice as many people as there will be. So if you tell me there's 10, I'm going to cook for 20. Yeah. <laughs> so and you, I just happen to be that way. But then you always have leftovers and you can give always. everybody some to take home. Yes. Well, yes. I mean, did you grow up cooking for a large family? Um, not necessarily large, but like for four people. So like even okay. when I started to, you know, live by myself and grow up and, and was on my own, I mean, I was by myself. I couldn't cook for one person. Right. You can't even buy groceries for one person. So it's like. It's hard. It's hard. So, you know, I always would cook for four people and I'm like, what am I going to do with all this leftover? <laughs> I do the same thing. I have the same problem. I always overdo it. But then I'm like, well, I got lunch and dinner for the yep. next two days. Yeah. <laughs> two days. Yeah. Um, okay. So. So you were talking earlier about inspiration and seeing that um, CD cover. Have you seen anything at the Culinary Summit that's inspired you to take back home to L.A.? I mean, I love I love that fountain that's in the front. Oh, yeah, with the fish and the water spraying. Yeah, yeah. that architecture piece just looks very um, cool. You know, yeah. just like the metallic look and leaves and maybe you know things like that so it could be either something to do with chocolate something to do with sugar um but just or or some or even taking one aspect of it you know maybe one piece and singling it out something like that you it know? seems like you're really inspired just from those two things like you're really inspired by structure and architecture yeah, I am, yeah. and things like that and yeah do you work a lot with chocolate and confections yes 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 um not too much at the restaurant right now, but like on on solo projects or like projects that or like some things that I have going on on my own mm-hmm. where I like to just do them. You know, if I want to figure out how to build this out of chocolate or sugar, mm-hmm. I want to do that. So right. kind of on my free time or, you know with any other pastry friends we like to do that yeah right that's that's really fun that's always been something I kind of want to dive into but I know confections is really difficult yeah I mean and we do do some confections at at the restaurant uh it's minimal but like we do do them for special occasions mm-hmm. or like if a special party is asking for it like a like a catering event or something when mm-hmm. they're asking for something kind of signature for their brand or things like that um that's actually really fun for the team because then we can go and do something that is different. Yeah. Right. It's really yeah. nice that you, you know, you wear different hats. You know, you're good at the savory and you're good at the sweet. And 
you can do all those different types of things. I think that's really great. I'm going to switch switch gears here really yeah. quick, but we're talking about produce yeah. and a lot of our produce suppliers are here today. And as a restaurant owner, what do you look for when it comes to your suppliers? A lot of it is honesty. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. So okay. it's like if, you know, if we order something, obviously some we want that product, but if it's not prime or if it's something that may be damaged or anything, mm-hmm. or if it's something that is not in season that you cannot get, mm-hmm. just let us know. I mean, you know, don't try to send something that's that's very, not up to par. Yeah, or worse, you know, like like you know, really like damaged or or moldy, you know. Yeah, or, that's never good. Yeah, or like you know, it's just really coming through for us. That's really what it is because we have to come through for our guests. Mm-hmm. And so you know, a lot of it is the relationship you do have with your produce company. I think it really comes from honesty. Right. Yeah. A big one is communication is, you know, and that's hard for some people because um, not all salespeople can give, you know, that um, attention to one customer. Yeah. Especially for us being a small restaurant, you know, Mm -hmm. there's bigger accounts, I'm sure that they have. But I think it's important to treat your small restaurants just as important as your big hotels. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, you know, your smaller accounts with your big accounts, you know, it's like that's it it makes sense. And, And it's really that trust bond that you work with. Um, I do think that it is helpful. Um, I do find that there are some like former chefs that are becoming either salespeople or vendors. Yeah. That's and I think nice. that's super helpful because they understand what we are looking for and what so your pain been on our are. side. They've been on our side. They know what we need. They know what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that helps. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, um, talking about earlier with another chef it's it's about family yeah too like you kind of want to have a good relationship with them yeah it's it's the relationship it's a communication trust I mean and it's just we want to be able to trust that we can get that product yeah and for them that they're going to come through for us um and know your vision and kind of your mission yes yes what we're looking for what our specs are and Mm -hmm. keep that in mind um, and then it, and then it becomes, uh, you know, maybe challenging if, if some other person takes over your account and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, now I gotta, you know, talk more to this other person who's totally new and doesn't know what and we're about and this and that. So it's like, you know, that can be, that can be challenging for restaurants that are just, that are smaller, that we don't have a lot of, um, space to store things. So our daily, our daily delivery really matters. Yeah. yeah, I definitely think it's important, especially in L.A. There's so many restaurants. There's, there's so, so many. There's so many things um, that could go wrong. And, yes. and having those people on your side to be there yeah. when those things go wrong and helping Absolutely. turn it around. I yeah. think that's really important. Yeah. So just to end on um, a fun question, what what is a moment that really sticks out to you in your career that you're really proud of or it was really fun and um, it's just something that's super memorable. I mean, how long have you been a oh chef, gosh. Sally? Going on 22 years. Oh, wow. I yeah. would have I would have never <laughs> guessed. <laughs> but so you have 22 years of memories to sift through and yeah. for the for the podcast right now. I don't know if I can p- point out one single one, but point out whatever you want. Um, gosh, there's a few, but like Talk about tell me. When I won in um I was in Paris. And I won for for a chocolate company for the U.S. Oh, that's so fantastic! So I won. It's a it's a competition called C3, um, and it's hosted by Valrona Chocolate. And I won 
back in 2011. Oh, wow. So I won for USA, and I was able to uh, carry on and go to Worlds. So that moment was amazing. That's fantastic. Also, in Worlds was amazing. Um, I didn't win gold. I got bronze. But at least I still made a podium. You were still there. <laughs> you were still there. And I think I the fact the that you made it there yeah, is really it, impressive, too. That was that was a trialing year because I had opened, I had reopened a iconic hotel um, back in 2012. So opened a hotel and then competed in Madrid. So that was, it was, it was a lot. It's on a my busy plate year for a year. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, another one was when I got America's top ten pastry chefs in New York back in 2012. That was super fun. That was fun. Did that you live fun. in New York for a time? No, 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 no. It's um, it's a it's a national magazine, and they pick 10 pastry chefs. I don't know if they do it today anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they do that, but um, it's a great event. It's a great um, it's a great way to see all your friends again, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a great honor to be named top 10 pastry chef in America. So that was great. That's fantastic. Yeah, I that's really admirable. Let me pause. A lot of things like this, like you know, now that. The restaurant has been like about a year and a half, or no, 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 a year and like three months now open. So, you know. Oh, wow. I didn't know it was that new. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of things are kind of in their paths already. So, like, my team is good. So, you know, this is a good time for me to to do things like this and meet amazing people and, you know, meet people in the nation who everybody's here to help for the culinary industry. And, it you know, things like this are important. Yeah. yeah. And what were you, what were you hoping to to kind of get out of your experience at the Culinary Summit here with Sunkist. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, looking at more produce because I just love it. Yeah. It's also beautiful, <laughs> it's isn't beautiful. it? It's beautiful. Just It's just it's such a great thing to work with such amazing product mm-hmm. and to see more of it. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of brands here that I already use. Um, uh, you know, Paris Gourmet. We use Paracones. We use Sunkist over at the restaurant. Um, and, and, and just... California avocado so it's like you know it's 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 like you're already with family yeah <laughs> like, oh, well, I know you I know and you it's I having those face-to-face conversations yeah. too and yeah just getting in tight with people and yes and putting I think putting a face to the product yes it's yes. really neat for me to see you guys do that I'm very new to the produce industry yeah. so a year yeah and so coming to these things having never known anyone and then now I'm like oh hey I know that person yes I I think it's also very super important to know where your stuff is coming from too you know especially like when you are talking with guests and you want you're building that same relationship with your guests so you want that trust it's the Mm -hmm. same thing you know it's like they want to know that you know what they're getting from you is going to be a good product right and it's going to be consistent and they're going to come to you as family it's kind of the same thing it's all like kind of trickle down it's like from the growers to the vendors to the chefs to the customers Mm -hmm. you know and it's it's that's really that's what we do our our business is hospitality but it speaks through through the chain Everything right. is hospitality. So it's really yeah. cool to get all these people here. Yeah. I'm really glad to have met you. I think you're fantastic. So Thank you. um I'm gonna come, come see us at the restaurant. I'm gonna I I will. I love that would be amazing. LA. It's a fun time. Come see us over at Tess Restaurant located in West Hollywood. It's eighty five hundred West Sunset Boulevard, right on the corner of La Cienega. So we are open dinner seven days a week and we would love to see you. 
A huge thanks to Chef Sally for taking the time to speak with me at the summit. She's absolutely wonderful, and if you find yourself in LA, please go check out her restaurant, Tess. Be sure to try that charcuterie board that's five feet long like I am. Also, don't miss out on trying her souffles, which she tells me she's famous for. That's all I have for this week, guys. Stay tuned for part three of our Culinary Summit series coming out next week. If you haven't already, go give Colorful Plates a follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for recipes and more. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. And as always, stay fresh. Stay fresh.